بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد this is the discussion that we have been busy with the kitab reformation of character where sheikh al arab al ajam arif billah hazrat maulana shah hakim hud akhtar sahab rahmatullah alayhi we discussed the aspect of tauba and the aspect of hope and fear of allah taala the next topic that is here is that hope in the mercy of allah taala Allah Taala states verily the ones who are despondent of Allah Taala's mercy are the disbelievers this shows that having hope in the mercy of Allah Taala is a part of iman on the one hand we have been asked to have fear in our hearts but together with the fear this is the balance that together with the fear the person has hope in Allah Taala's mercy al imanu bain al khawf wa al raja nabi sallallahu alaihi says iman is between hope and fear while on the one hand if a person doesn't what he wishes he will become very very daring to commit sin say we'll worry about it later people nafs and shaitan use various ways to get a person to do what he what shaitan wants him to do but in a way that it lightens the situation makes it sound like small makes it sound very very trivial so in some way or the other sometimes person will make this kind of statement well for now let me do what i want then as far as all these things that i am being warned about will cross that bridge when we come to it now these are all the kind of statements that we make to just sort of just wish something away just lighten it we'll cross that bridge when we come to it it's like as if a person is now driving on some road so now as he passes a bridge he'll just drive past it this is not that kind of bridge that you can just cross it when you come to it allah forbid that with the actions of a person he is destroying the bridge before he gets to it that bridge of safety that bridge of getting across to a situation of safety he is already destroying the bridge before he got to it so if a person doesn't have any khauf he'll become daring but then the other part of it is and this too is shaitan's plot this too is the way shaitan misleads a person shaitan deviates a person by means of despondency that a person becomes totally despondent that there's no hope left for me now this is also shaitan's trick and his trap because when a person nauzubillah becomes despondent so if he is well now there's nothing left so why why should i bother now carry on doing what you want to do so when a person is fearless then he will carry on doing what he wants to do and get himself in very serious problems in dunya and akhirat and when a person is despondent then he feels well now it's all lost there's no chance of anything to be attained so carry on now just let it happen whatever you want to do carry on with it both these are the traps of shaitan while on the one hand allah taala has warned us of his warnings at the same time the mercy of allah taala is something that is beyond the mercy of the whole makhluk put together is one fraction of the total mercy that allah taala descended in the hadith sharif it is mentioned that the mercy that allah taala wished to descend 
for the benefit of the makhluk. So out of that one hundredth part, one out of hundred, one percent of that mercy which was meant to be, because Allah Ta'ala's mercy is infinite. So the mercy that was to be showed on the makhluk, one fraction of it, one percent, was descended on earth. And it is that one percent of mercy that was descended on earth, on that basis, every person, every human, every creature, every animal that shows mercy is as a result of this one fraction, this one percent of mercy that was descended on earth. The animal that shows mercy on its young, it's prepared to give its life to protect its young, the human beings and whatever else, it's all as a result of that one percent of that amount of mercy that Allah Ta'ala wished to descend, wished to show on the makhluk, on the creation. Allah Ta'ala's mercy is infinite. So while a person should not become daring, that khawf must be there, he should never ever become despondent. But this is the situation that this balance has to be there. Person has to have both elements in him. Khawf and hope as well. The way to acquire this is that you should be obedient to Allah Ta'ala and worship Him and using your courage, abstain from sins. It is natural that one places his hopes on the one to whom he is obedient. And one's heart becomes afraid and despondent of the one whom he disobeys. The meaning of having hopes on Allah Ta'ala when repenting means that one should look at Allah Ta'ala's unlimited mercy and be convinced that one's toba will be accepted. When a small dynamite can blow up a mountain into small bits, then how much power there must be in Allah Ta'ala's mercy by which mountains of sins break up into small bits. However, to become unafraid, relying on His mercy, and to become accustomed to sinning is dangerous and is severe deception. Does any person place his hand in a fire, trusting on a healing lotion which is 100% effective, Example Hazrat is giving is that if there is some kind of ointment, for example, somebody has produced and manufactured some kind of ointment, that this ointment is so effective that if a person gets burnt and he applies this ointment, that it will instantly remove the effects of that burn. A third degree burn, for example, and now if there was such an ointment, that a person applied that ointment and the next second, Everything came back as if nothing happened. It was all normalized. If there was such an ointment available, so now that ointment is available, the person has got it in his pocket, he's got it in his hand available. But despite the fact that he's got such an ointment, does any sane person still deliberately put his hand in the fire? No sane person will deliberately put his hand in a fire because I have an ointment that will now relieve it. Because he is afraid that sometimes, you don't know what, what's next. Perhaps that might be before you can start using the ointment, that burn is already gone to the bone, it's already destroyed the hand. What not can happen? So the person has that ointment, but he doesn't take chances. But that is there that perchance he got burned. He was being careful, but something happened and he slipped, he fell, whatever, he got burned. So now this ointment is available to use. So this is Toba. Toba is not there so that a person may now carry on sinning. 
When a person sins deliberately, premeditating sin and deliberately committing sin on the note that, well, later I will make Tawbah. Now let me do what I want to do, later I will make Tawbah. That is very dangerous. That is very, very dangerous, very, very serious. Because this is something that shaitan then carries on putting in this person's mind. Well, already one year is gone now, you're still doing what you wanted to do, nothing happened, what happened? So you carry on now, you make tova later. First you'll start off, you make tova tomorrow, then you make tova next week, then it'll be now one more month. See now, like for example now Ramadan is coming close for example now, it's still two, three months before Ramadan. Say well for now carry on, three months time is going to be Ramadan, then you start off. So now you pull it till Ramadan. Now when Ramadan already started, say well now, Ramadan already started now and I still didn't get my life in order, but you see, any case now Ramadan is already gone. So the very, very auspicious time is the first ten days of Zul Hijjah. We live till tomorrow or not, we don't know. But now already in Ramadan, the person is now planning that that very auspicious time is the first ten days of Zul Hijjah. So that, by that time I need to sort myself out, then I'll make Tawbah. Now this is that procrastination. This is the way shaitan keeps a person procrastinating. And in the meantime what happens? That thought of Tawbah also becomes more distant. Initially, and this is what is the very very great difference. That even a person with taqwa can sometimes fall into a sin. A person who is very conscious of Allah Ta'ala. A person who is trying his utmost to keep himself completely on track. He's trying to avoid any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. But he's insan. And it is possible that sometimes in a spur of a moment, just in a weak moment, he slipped up and he did something. It's possible. It can happen and insan is, nobody is masoom besides the Anbiya Ali Salatu Wasalam. So he can slip. But, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says the difference between a person of taqwa falling into sin, and a person who is a habitual sinner, a fasiq, him committing a sin. The difference between the two is that this person who, mashallah, is trying his utmost, he is trying to remain with taqwa, he is keeping steadfast, he is making the effort, he is subduing his nafs. But in that one moment something happened and he fell into some sin, that now becomes like as if a mountain is about to fall on him. He becomes so afraid, he becomes so uh, miserable within himself, and until and unless he doesn't go and make sincere tawbah, shed tears of repentance, really cry his heart out in front of Allah Ta'ala, until then he will be restless. He will not be able to even eat in peace, that food will be tasteless for him, that comfortable bed will not give him sleep, he will be like a fish out of water. How did I do this? He's insan, he slipped. But because of that taqwa in his heart, that will make him so restless that he will not be able to be at peace until he's made sincere tawbah. And when a person makes that sincere tawbah and really attaches himself back to Allah Ta'ala, really cleanses his heart, there is a sense of some kind of acceptance that a person feels within his heart. That whatever happened now, inshallah, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, this has been washed out. There is a sense of relief that Allah Ta'ala puts in his heart. That otherwise, if a person now became so 
overwhelmed with that emotion, then his life won't continue. So, there is a point that he now poured his heart out in front of Allah Ta'ala, sincerely repented, shed the tears of remorse and regret. Oh, it's, there's a point now when that feeling of relief comes, this comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala. This is that sukoon and itminan comes when that heart has been cleansed. Now that is a person of taqwa who perchance fell into a sin. That this felt like a mountain about to fall upon him. And he says a fasik when he commits a sin, it is like a fly set on his nose, he just shoot it away. He says, what happened now? This was something shoot away. Life carries on. He doesn't feel anything about it. And then from a small thing to a big thing to a bigger thing, Allah forbid that this, the thought of Tawbah then also starts becoming distant. That becomes a far away thing. And then before a person knows it, Malakul Moth is in front of him. So this is the aspect that is being expressed here. That Tawbah is not there to give a person a license to now commit sin, Nauzubillah. Tawbah is not a license for sin. Tawbah is that a person perchance slipped and he fell. So now he must make use of this great blessing of Allah Ta'ala to cleanse himself and to move forward. <coughs> the next topic that's here is sabr. As mentioned right at the beginning, that these are all the various qualities that we have to inculcate within us. And these are the qualities that are compulsory, these are not things that are optional, these are not things that just if a person acquires it very well, if it didn't happen, then very well, no, these are things that without these qualities, the opposite will exist. So now we spoke about uh, Toba, if a person doesn't have Toba in his life, then it will be just persisting in sin, that is a major problem. So in any case, these are all qualities that we have to make an effort and we have to establish these things in our life. Next quality here is sabr. A hadith states, patience is half of iman. Sabr is half of iman. Allah Ta'ala states, Verily Allah Ta'ala is with those who possess patience. Inna Allah ma'as-sabirin. Man has two forces within himself. One encourages him to remain on deen. And the other encourages him to fulfill his desires. Both these are issues within insan. <coughs> Sabr refers to letting the first force dominate over the second. The first force, that force which encourages him to remain steadfast on deen, to do righteous actions, that force has to be now strengthened and dominate it over the other. The manner of attaining this is to not practice on the demands and desires of the nafs. The manner of attaining this is to not practice on the demands and the desires of the nafs. This is, perhaps was discussed one of the days, that like the physical self, that ability of one's physical self that he uses constantly, now the hand, he uses his hand, keeps using it, and he uses it to carry something more heavy all the time. Or somebody is doing weightlifting now. So now initially to carry that weight, he that 20 kilos to carry it also now was quite a effort required. 
But now he goes on training now. So now he's training now from the 20, became 30 and 50. Now he's carrying 100 kilos. But that 100 kilos also is not requiring the effort that initially took him, that effort was required to carry the 20 kilos. So what happened? What has changed? Has that 100 kilos become lighter than 20 kilos? 100 kilos is 100 kilos. But what has happened is that because of this continuous use of that hand to carry more weight, the hand has become stronger. The hand has strengthened. So now that hand has strengthened to the point that it can carry five times the amount of weight with lesser effort. So now he strengthened it. How he strengthened it? By constantly using it. But supposing the person now, his hand was in a cast, something happened, it broke, Allah forbid. So now his hand is now stepped up and for some reason now it had to be stepped up for such a long time now, three months went away. After the three months, now they took those, that cast out, he's got no strength in his hand because all the muscles wasted away. Three months is a long time for that muscles. It wasted away because it wasn't being used. It wasn't being used, now there's no strength left. He can't, he can't even move his fingers properly, he can't hold a spoon. Now they go to again now do a whole lot of physiotherapy and whatnot to rebuild that strength in that hand. So the hand remained strong as long as it was being used. And the more it got used and the greater weight it was carrying, the stronger it became. Stopped using it, all the strength went away. The same happens with our spiritual self and the internal self. <coughs> the strength that Allah Ta'ala has and the capacity that Allah Ta'ala has put into this insan of doing what is right to undertake that suffer, to undertake that patience, to the extent that he keeps using it. How is he going to use it? That now that desire came, that temptation came, but he did not give in to that. So now he's using this ability. He's restraining himself. That restraining ability, he is using it. So now when he's using it, he's strengthening it also. On the one hand, he is staying safe from what was now being, he was tempted to do. But now he's using it, as he keeps using it, he strengthens it. And in time now, this is strengthening his ruh, his soul. So that soul is strengthening. Each time that he's strengthening the soul and he is subduing this nafs, this is what is feeding the soul. This is what is feeding the ruh. So in time the ruh becomes very strong. And now each time that he is subduing the nafs, he is depriving the nafs of its nourishment. The nourishment of that nafs is to just give in to those desires. So now he's starving the nafs. So now when he keeps starving the nafs, the nafs gets weaker and weaker. So now in time, those things that seem like impossible for him, initially, that to guard his gaze, he thought not possible. It not, nothing is not possible if Allah Ta'ala gave a command then to regard that command as na'uzubillah not possible, it means na'uzubillah Allah Ta'ala gave us a command to do something which is beyond us, which is impossible. So Allah Ta'ala is na'uzubillah committing zulm. Can we imagine where this finishes off? When a person says this is impossible, where is Allah Ta'ala's command? La yukallifullahu nafsan illa wus'aha. Allah Ta'ala doesn't burden a soul with more than what it can manage. So now to say that this is impossible is to claim that Allah Ta'ala has made something impossible compulsory. So now you tell a child, the child can carry one small, something, five kilos only. You insist on the child to carry 50 kilos. Now that's zulm, that. 
So to say Allah Ta'ala burdened us with a command which is beyond us is na'uzubillah making this claim that Allah Ta'ala na'uzubillah has committed zulm. Allah Ta'ala is the most just. So everything is 100% possible. We have destroyed that ability to be able to fulfill that task. We have wasted that strength. So now when a person builds this up, that which he thought once upon a time was very difficult, almost impossible. Now because he has strengthened it, strengthened that roof, like that person now first to carry the 20 kilos of effort, now carrying 100 kilos, one hand is doing it. So this which seemed once upon a time very difficult, becomes a very simple task. That mujahada to some extent will still be there, but with utmost ease he is able to undertake this mujahada, with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the aspect that a person has to adopt the sabr. Adopting the sabr is not simply to control that nafs, not to give in to those desires, not to give in to that temptation when it comes in. The strength to have sabr is created by the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. When a person is constant with his dhikr, this tasbihad, this is a very, very crucial part of the whole process. This islah that we are trying to achieve, we are hoping and aspiring to get there someday. A very, very important component of this is the regularity and consistency on the dhikr, on the tasbihat, the ma'mulat, the daily practices, daily recitation, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. Many times, person feels, well, if I skip it one day, today I'm a little bit well, busy in other things, I skip it today. So, not really too serious now. One day you skip it, so what does it happen? But imagine if a person says, one day if I don't eat the whole day, so what happens? One is, mashallah, we're fasting, alhamdulillah, but we have a nice good seri also, and then we cover up at iftar, and then on top of that, after the taraweeh also, then whatever, some <coughs> digestion took place, that too is not left empty. So, such a short fast Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with at this time of the year, and together with that short fast, we still make kaza of that meal we skipped in between. Because it's like having just had an early breakfast and a little bit, or not even a late supper, in fact an early supper also. Because iftar is so early. And that lunch that got skipped, that too we make kaza of it. Now imagine a person didn't eat the whole day, he didn't have seri, didn't have iftar, nothing was available, he had one drop of water for seri, one drop of water for iftar, and no after tarawih snacks also. What happens to him by the next day? Now one day only he skipped that meal. Not two days and five days, only one day. 24 hours he didn't eat anything. He's got no strength the next day. He can't walk. So now for the physical nourishment, we don't skip the meal. Because we understand the need for that strength and that energy and therefore we have to eat. So nobody says that now I'm too busy, so today I can't eat anything. Today I'm extremely busy, so please don't talk about eating. Today I didn't have any breakfast, I'm not going to have lunch, supper, nothing, because I'm too busy today. Nobody ever talks like that. He will fit that in some way or the other. There is never a day that a person has been too busy to eat. If it meant that he was now driving and he had to eat something while driving, he ate it while driving also. And if it was something that he had to just quickly have some kind of sandwich or something, he did it. But he was, in some way or the other, he fitted it in. Nobody was ever too busy to skip all his meals for the day. That didn't happen. Maybe he got just put forward backwards a little bit. That happens sometimes. 
But when it comes to the spiritual nourishment of a person's tasbihat, his zikr, his ma'amulad, then every other day we're too busy, we didn't manage to get it done. We just, we just get so busy, we're busy for everything else, but that zikr and tasbihat, that somehow doesn't find its place. Everything else finds its place. Now this, when a person skips one day, that weakness sets in. But that weakness may not be immediately noticed. In the sense that, for example, a person, mashallah, was staying away from sins, so that they passed by without that tasbihat, without that zikr, so that same day, it will seem like nothing changed. But the weakness has set in. And by the next day, that weakness will show itself, at least in this much, that he'll feel lazier to complete the tasbihat. That will be the minimum effect of it. It won't be so easy as he was when he was doing it consistently. There will be a further degree of laziness and lethargy in fulfilling that tasbihat, that tilawat, whatever that he skipped the previous day. But now if he makes that bujada on that second day, and he says, no, I can't skip it again, and he does it, inshallah everything will come back on track. But there was some degree of weakness that set in, but fortunately because he made that mujah now the second day, it quickly brought things back onto line. But now if that second day is that effect of that skipping the first day, that little laziness that set in, he got caught up in that again. And he skipped it the second day. By the third day, it will become very difficult. Besides that, becoming very difficult, by the third day already his eyes will start slipping. By the third day already his tongue will go. By the third day already his salah or jama'ah will be affected. All those things that he was punctual on, but now what is the root issue he is not reflecting? What I stopped? What have I neglected? He's not looking at that, but now he's asking himself questions now. What happened now? But why is this happening? Everything was fine. But a person stopped eating. And when he stopped eating, he became weak. And when he became weak, he can't do what he has to do. And he has to run from that dog that wants to, is about to chase him. There's no energy to run. So now the dog bites him. So likewise, the dog of shaitan now easily catches up with him. Because his spiritual energy is gone. So now to make amal on fafirru ilallah, flee towards Allah Ta'ala, energy is missing. So therefore, this is something to be done very consistently. Person is very ill, person is very, very tired, something has happened, something has cropped up, whatever the case is. Even then, even then a person didn't manage to do everything, or Mashayat say do half. Do, person is so sick, he's lying down, in that lying down state, do quarter. To the extent that, see, if that too is not possible, do one-tenth. But don't ever miss it out. Don't ever miss it out. Missing it out will open the door to missing it out the next day. And then the barakat of that goes away. And then, that becomes the cycle. And before a person knows it, everything has gone far away. So this is the very, very important thing. That in order to acquire all these qualities, the energy will come from this tasbihat, this zikr, this ma'amulad, this is where it will come from. Father is stating this lesson here, that the strength to have sabr is created by the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, by the companionship of the friends of Allah Ta'ala, and contemplating over death, the grave, and hell. This is the prescription through which all these qualities are acquired.
This is a prescription by means of which all the negative qualities are removed from us. That the strength to have sabr, and like sabr, all the other various qualities also, the same thing will apply. The strength to have sabr is created by the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Obviously this with that, further note on it, with consistency. That is the key, with consistency. And the companionship of the friends of Allah Ta'ala, and contemplating over death, the grave, and hell. Contemplating over hell, to create that khawf. To create that, that ability of sabr, because a person out of fear will make sabr. For dunya, we make sabr out of fear. A person wants to, somebody has said something to him, he felt very offended. If the person was half his size, he would have made him quarter by the time. But because now he saw this person is a mashallah, real wrestler, and I try my chance here, I'll be half my size. So now he's making sabr. Sabr for what? Out of fear of getting really panel beaten. Now that fear made him made the sabr very easy. And instead of now venting anger, He's telling the person, oh, don't worry about this small thing, mustn't make it an issue. But what, how suddenly it became, don't make it an issue? Because of fear. Because of fear of now, I'd rather just be polite with this person. It seems like he's looking at, he's trying to provoke a situation. He wants to create a fight. I might as well just quietly go away from here. Just make him, don't worry, you, you find you the boss and carry on from here. What made that whole thing become possible? Fear. So likewise, this is fear of dunya. If a person had the fear of akhirat in terms of the punishments of akhirat, the fear of the azab of qabr, the fear of the azab of jahannam, that will make him make sabr from those desires because those desires, those haram desires, that's the gateway to jahannam. The hadith Sharif Nabi Salaam says, Huffatil naru bil shahawat wa huffatil jannatu bil makareh. That jahannam has been ring fenced, has been fenced off. It has been fenced with all the desires, haram desires. What does this mean? Jahannam is fenced with all the haram desires. That a person who now gets into these desires, he has now broken that fence and he's gone into Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala protect us. And those things which have some kind of mujahada in it, in staying away from haram, that is what is the fence of Jannat. So now a person undertakes that mujahada. Huffatil Jannatu bil makari. He's undertaking that mujahada is opening the gateway of Jannat. This is the mujahada that a person has to make. So this is the way in which this is attained. In short, patience refers to binding the nafs to the matters allowed in deen and not allowing it to act contrary to them. Patience refers to binding the nafs to the matters allowed in deen and not allowing it to act contrary to them. The entire crux of this branch of deen known as Tazkiyah, Islah, what we call Tasawwuf. Hazrat Mashawi Thani Rahmatullah has summed it up in just this much. That is all boils down to the sabr and mujahada. Sabr of what? That when there is something that has to be done, this type of salah, some other obligation of deen, whatever responsibility, something has to be done. And at that time, the nafs becomes a barrier, the nafs is now uh, 
weighing the person down, making him feel lazy, or shaitan is now whispering something, don't do it. So at that time, to adopt the sabr, make the mujahada and do it. And when the nafs is tempting a person to do something which is impermissible, shaitan is whispering something in his heart to do something that is impermissible, to make the sabr at that time and refrain from it. A person who has attained this much has attained everything. There's nothing else left. The person who has attained this, that whatever has to be done, obviously the sabr will require that he does it in the way it should be done, in the best way possible. So now he is making that sabr every time it's required. And he's not allowing any lapse in that. He's not allowing any deficiency in it. He's taking the effort, making the sabr and doing it in the best way. And something that had to be refrained from, despite the strongest temptation, desire, whatever it is, he's not giving in to it. He's restraining himself, making the sabr and staying away from it. This is the sum total of this whole branch of the sabr. This is the effort to acquire this much. All the effort is to bring this, to inculcate this ability, to inculcate this strength. The person who has acquired this has acquired everything. So now, this is the summary of the summary. Can't summarize it shorter than this. And this is something only the Mujaddid of the Zamana could have done. That he actually just put the whole ocean into a teacup, into a teaspoon. So this is it. There is nothing beyond this. Everything else is the explanation of this. Everything else is expanding the same lesson. So, this is the effort and this is why the sabr is such an essential quality that we have to inculcate within ourselves. The Quran Sharif is filled with this Inna Allah ma'as-sabirin and the reward Inna sabiruna ajrahum hisab Allah Ta'ala rewards those who adopt the sabr limitless. Because this is it. This is everything is in the sabr. Further states that there are five occasions of patience. First, if one is wealthy, patience for him is that his mind must not become spoilt, he must not forget Allah Ta'ala, and he should bear in mind death and the loneliness of the grave. He should not despise the poor, but rather he should be kind and soft towards them. Now this too is a sabr, that that wealth has come, but a person does not allow himself to get intoxicated by that wealth. Because this wealth has its own intoxication. One is an intoxication, Allah Ta'ala forbid, a person got caught up in some kind of intoxications. That intoxication, the next morning the person will hopefully get over it. It's haram, totally haram, major sin. But by the next morning the person would probably become sober again. But Allah forbid if the intoxication of wealth takes over a person. That doesn't even get over the next morning. Sometimes the next day it gets even more stronger. Until and unless a person has made that mujahada to overcome this intoxication in the guidance of the mashayikh and ahlullah and being in their company and remove this intoxication. This intoxication is a very, very difficult one. And this is something which has been described in the Hadith Sharif actually. Sakratu hubbil aish. The word has been used in the Hadith Sharif is sakra. Sakratu hubbil aish. That the intoxication 
of just enjoying life. Enjoying life, meaning in the way that now all the haram, a person now to just go into anything and everything. First it starts off with, <clears throat> where pursuing comforts and luxuries becomes an obsession. So that will be within the halal and permissible limit in itself. One is that that na'mat is there, a person will make shukar and use it, but where that becomes the focus of life, I must have it. And he starts pursuing that. The pursuit of pleasure becomes his object. So now first it will be pleasure within the limits. But then, this is at the end of the day dunya. It can't fill his heart. These material things can't fill a person's heart. The heart, what fills the heart is Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That's the only thing that can fill the heart. The heart keeps yearning for its nourishment. But the problem is, that a person now, he is feeling something yearning within him. He's trying to fill that with something else. The tank in the car, as it's now emptying, so that gauge is indicating that this thing is yearning for its nourishment now. Otherwise everything is going to come to a halt. This will get stuck somewhere. So now that gauge, as it's now coming lower, it's so to say, just in a manner of understanding it, it's shouting out now, that, please, I need something. So now the person says the tank now, that petrol is also liquid, it's a fluid. So now, petrol is gone so expensive, let's just put some water inside. So after all this and that now, both are liquid, put some water inside. So now when he puts water inside, how far that car is going to go? He'll seize the whole engine up probably, or whatever else might happen, Allah knows. But he's not going to go anywhere. Because that... Tank requires fuel to fuel it. That's his nourishment. And if he decides, well, I bought this car, my car, why should I be given instructions of how to use it and what to do where? Nobody should tell me how to do what I want to do. It belongs to me. So he puts the fuel, but he decides to put the fuel where the oil should go. And he decides to put the oil where the fuel should go. It's my car. So fine, your car, carry on. Put the fuel where the oil goes and put the oil where the fuel goes and see how far you go. Then you'll be stuck in the middle of the night somewhere and you will have to face the consequences. So likewise, the heart, the fuel of the heart, what the heart is yearning for, is yearning for the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. The heart is yearning for the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Now a person is putting artificial pleasure in that heart and is trying to fuel it with artificial things all the time. And Allah forbid more than that, he's trying to fuel it with haram. Then let alone that he's going to get stuck somewhere, he's going to blow the engine. Then he's going to require a major overhaul. So to keep that whole vehicle of this insan carrying on with afiyat, what has to go in the heart, he must go in the heart. Then the delicious food can go in the belly, no problem. The halal delicious food can go in the belly, alhamdulillah. That body can rest on that comfortable bed, no problem. The eyes can look at that halal scenery, by all means, no problem. Whatever else Allah Ta'ala has permitted, the halal ni'mads, but that is not going to fill the heart. But if the heart is filled with what is supposed to be in the heart, then these limbs will also enjoy the other benefits and other bounties of Allah Ta'ala in a correct manner. And that too will take a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. At-ta'imu shakir kasa'imu sabir the person ate, mashallah, excellent food, well prepared, delicious food, 
luxury food, but he ate it in the correct halal, it was 100%, and he made shukr, and he was grateful to Allah Ta'ala, he didn't regard it as this was my, I deserve this, this is purely Allah Ta'ala's bounty, his ni'mad, and he made shukr, he gets the same kind of reward like a person who was fasting and making sabr. Now in the case where it's not Ramadan now, it is out of Ramadan, so one person is fasting and he is making sabr, he's keeping nafil fast. The other person was eating and he's making shukr. So Nabi Islam says he is like that fasting person making sabr. Obviously that person making that sabr, his sabr, one is the basic level of the reward. He is like that person. But that person's sabr will bring him his own benefit. That sabr will be something beyond comparison now what it will bring for him. But the lesson in this is that that shukar. But when, when this became a ni'mat for him, primarily when the heart was filled with what it should have been filled. Now the heart was filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That made it possible to make shukar for this food also. Otherwise he'll become proud and haughty. He'll use the ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala and become arrogant. And regard it as his own and something that he deserved. So this is the aspect that the heart, the heart is yearning for something. And that's, that's the fuel of the heart. You can't put something else in that place to give it its nourishment and to expect that it's going to be content and to expect that it will be tranquil. The heart will not get tranquil and become content with anything but what Allah Ta'ala has already created for its tranquility. And that is this contentment will come. This is the peace. Allah Ta'ala has created this as the means of this peace for the heart that it is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So this is what has to be inculcated in the heart. Then all the ni'mas that a person uses also, inshallah that too will become a means of taking closer to Allah Ta'ala. Inshallah we'll continue from here tomorrow. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq and enable us to inculcate these aspects in our lives. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah.